The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, everyone, to Two Ducks, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Duck One, Richard. Quack! <laughs> I forgot about the, the I thought, I forgot I said dude three times, so that's why I said dude, but I wanted to say duck, so <laughs> duck, duck, duck. <laughs> duck, duck, goose. Oh, you picked me again? Yeah, it's kind of limiting when it's just two dudes, uh, or two ducks. Jesus! Me. Anyway, I'm, I'm Duck 2 Joe. <laughs> Welcome to Two Ducks, <laughs> one double duck feature. This show has nothing to do with ducks, but this is an inside joke that uh, people speak, are just going to be like, hang what? On, hang on, speak Wait. for yourself, man. Oh, he's got a duck! I got a duck. Um... <laughs> Duck yeah, duck yeah. Thanks to one of my <laughs> shout out to my, my dad. I have a bunch of these little duck, um, like statues. I guess uh, one of my favorite pieces I have is a Canadian goose. Uh, it's beautiful. It's it's a permanent resident of the man cave because um, where else will you have a Canadian goose? <laughs> Canada, or uh, just waddling around in New Jersey, you know. I got ducks. I there are ducks. There's a pond, um, that's about maybe like two, three minutes away from me, and it always has. It's always got ducks. Oh, okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm. Mean, I'm just. I was upping the gain on my microphone. Um, uh, okay. Just wanted to. But yeah. Welcome. It's two dudes. One double feature. Uh, but today it's ducks. Um, it's a, the multiverse in one ver, one verse were ducks <laughs> stuck as two waddling ducks. Wow, <laughs> this you. is this is what we're doing. <laughs> See, now I'm thinking the, about Gra- Gravity Falls, uh, Duck Detective. Uh. I, I I need to I need to see this eventually. This duck detective—it's <laughs> <laughs> a show that they watch in in the universe of Gravity Falls. Quality, Qual- absolute quality, quality entertainment, folks. Uh, but anyways, welcome to the show. Uh, sorry for two minutes of ducks, but it was needed for at least myself, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And we waddled away. Waddle, waddle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. Um, Today's episode is very exciting. Uh, Is this our first episode in July? Or was that... No, our first episode in July was with the the Mighty Morphin Ninja Turtles. With Waikie? With Waikie. Great episode. Great episode. Uh, That was a lot of fun. And uh, shout out to Waikie. He's fantastic. Um, So... 
this episode we're uh spotlighting once again a director we've shown on this show a couple of times recently robert rodriguez but before we get into that as always i must ask duck two how are you waddle waddle Um, so this is what they say when podcasts are just a bunch of inside jokes. <laughs> got any grapes? <laughs> yeah, remember, folks, don't feed, don't feed Doug, uh, duck, not Doug. Doug <laughs> feed Doug. Doug. Feed Doug if you got one. But if you got a Doug, uh, feed him. Uh, but ducks do not feed them bread. Uh, no, you know it's bad for them. Uh, although I do love the memes where it's like uh, a duck is in church and they're like. Get to the bit about our daily bread. <laughs> um, but, body of Christ, body of Doug, <laughs> the body of Doug, our, our savior, <laughs> the body of Doug, body of Doug. Hey there, new Doug. Um, <laughs> do do do. No, no. <laughs> I like how it's evolved from duck to duck. Um. But no, I'm doing okay. Uh, I've seen a couple of things, and uh, as we talk about the multiverse, I did see Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, which feels oh. like the most, like, oh, this is going to be a great movie foregone conclusion I have ever seen in my life, I think. Where it's just <laughs> like, you know, people are like, oh man, I wonder if this thing's going to be good, and it's like, guys... It's like it's almost boring to say. Yeah, it's a. Gr- I wish I could just say it was bad, so it'd be like an interesting <laughs> like, thing to say. But no, it, it it was pretty amazing. I think I prefer the first one, um, but the animation, like the art style and the animation, um, phew, man, so good. But it's also really nice to see something like this be rewarded with not just critical success, but also it does very well. It's very nice to see that. It's also healthy. Mm. It's good. I know it's an IP like Spider-Man, but it's one of those things where it's like, if it's done well, it's pretty good. You know, it's nice. Like, like reward good things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that, that was pretty... I saw it twice, actually, um, because the Thursday... We saw it a Thursday night, and my brother um, my brother couldn't make it, so that we, we ended up seeing it again the next day. Uh, so... And, like, it was definitely diff- different, because, like, the Thursday night was definitely more, like, hardcore fans. Because there was one mm-hmm. reveal that is so, like, inside joke that only, like, a hardcore... <laughs> like ducks. Uh, mo- it's, it's the duck of, Sp- <laughs> of Spider-Verse. The duck of spider It's the key to all this. Um, It was, like, one of those things where it was, like, everybody... It was, like, I've never seen such a reaction to anything since, like, the, the after credits for, like, Sonic 2. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Shadow! <laughs> ah! That, especially that one person. Shadow, that one person who was at our screening with Shadow came on screen. <laughs> like, I hope. Ah! I hope that just made your day. You're having a lovely life. You filled me with great memories. But anyway, just anticipating Sonic Three with Shadow. Shadow. But um, there. Was, but and then the next day, like we saw the more casual audience not not that there's anything wrong with that but it was definitely like no reaction to it but both you know people are going to the movies when it's something that they they want to see and i think it's important you know uh i like going to the movies it's fun i mean (laughs) what did i have i mean one thing i've been trying out is the orange vanilla coke oh and um 
I was saying this to my to my brother, uh, you know, to quote Skip Bayless and how Skip Bayless refers to Mount, Diet Mountain Dew, it is the nectar of the gods. Uh, truly, <laughs> truly amazing, amazing. Or like uh, the one, the one, uh, the one dude that eats sandwiches on TikTok, or whatever, and he's like, I just gotta class it up with the DC. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got a bottle of Diet Coke. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that's another thing I've been doing too. Is um, there's the YouTube channel that has the hot ones. First we feast. Oh yeah, first we feast. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the burger stuff. That's that's on there. Yeah, so, I saw I saw Elizabeth Olsen did one, and I wanted to watch that, but I just haven't gotten around to it. It's definitely it's definitely fun. Um, it's always nice to see because I, I love burgers. Um. Just all the different ways. One, the one I watched actually was the three. The three guys um, were making. Uh, they were making like three iconic fast food burgers. So one of them was making the White Castle sliders. Another one was making oh. um, uh, the the double double animal style from In and Out. And then of course the Big Mac. The best part the Big was Mac. I'm going to insert the name of the guy because I forgot his name, but Kenji. He used math to figure out the the ratios and the proportions of how much stuff he should put in into the um, into the sauce, and he had a chalkboard and everything. That it was kind of awesome, um, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, and there was another one I was watching where they go to Oklahoma because Oklahoma has a lot of like really good burgers and a lot of history um, down there. So um that's always real i always like stuff with history history i like weird historical things too you are Um, you are a history guy i like to think mm -hmm. um it's like defunct land yeah kind of stuff i i I like that stuff it's 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 always it will never not be cool to me and then i also um i also watched for the first time highlander which whoa that can be only one now richard this is this is the movie we're talking about this is the, <laughs> that hurt my voice i'm so sorry oh gosh you gotta, you gotta take I'm a okay. second guys okay i'm okay i'm all right, all right. so imagine like so your main character is scottish and <laughs> he's not played by somebody who is scottish <laughs> then you have another character who is egyptian and then also also has some <laughs> Spanish stuff going on, and he and says he Pen, "pendejo," and it's Sean Connery. Okay, <laughs> well that, my French, is no bueno. <laughs> Let's see how good you are with a sword, Connor McLeod. Um, it's like, yeah, all right. If you're from Egypt, I'm the Queen of England. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Your Majesty. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Um, Wait, you're dead. <laughs> Hold on now. Hold on now. <laughs> uh, no, but then also, um, and then also, there is a Russian played by Mr. Krabs. So <laughs> they just they just outsourced nothing and just went, okay, this is good. This is good. This is good. Let's work with it. <laughs> like if this happened today, there would be it'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> And I think I like me vodka as much as I want like representational like casting and things obviously nowadays it is an amusing thing <laughs> to see like Chris uh, Christopher uh, Christopher uh, Lambert uh, Lambert I ever pronounce his name um, try to 11, do a 14. Scottish Scottish accent 
when he's in the modern world. And then just Sean Connery in his extremely flamboyant outfit playing Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Pandemic. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. But I had a fun time. It was, it's, it's a fun movie. It's got some stuff by Queen in it. Uh, Which I, I heard, yeah. I was I was interest I was interested in that uh, when we were doing the uh, Flash Gordon episode, and it made yeah. me want to check it out. But I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, I definitely liked it though. Um, it's it's kind of one of those movies there where I only knew to, knew it by reputation for the longest time, and because obviously there like the phrase "there can only be one" is one of those like movie quotes that just lives in your brain, and then you finally see it in context. And you're like. Oh, this is why people have been shouting this for a while. This is this is why. And it's also a I have the power. Da, 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 da. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was a good time. But also speaking of Clancy Brown, it, it made me think of Gargoyles because of his his character on Gargoyles um, in like the Flash in like the olden times of Scotland made me mm-hmm. think of his character of the Kurgan. In um, <laughs> Highlander, so I'm thinking, did the Gargoyles creators like want a character like the Kurgan and go, we got to get Clancy Brown? I I feel like it had to, like they had to have just been like, yeah, we need this, we need it. This 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 will make our show better. We need it. But um, that's about it. How are you doing? Uh, today's a better day. You know, it's it's definitely one of those periods of time where like I'm on and off. You know, I'm kind of neutral. Um, but there's things I'm looking forward to. We got a trip coming up, um, which I'm really excited about. And there's a few, there's a, like, there's a few things coming out in June. Because I mean, it's June now, but it's July when this episode comes out. But there's stuff coming out in June that I'm very excited about um, for like physical media, like the Avatar movies are finally coming to 4K, which I'm very excited about. And so there's stuff I'm looking forward to. So that's nice. Um, I do have a fun story I'm going to tell. Okay. This is actually kind of cool. All right. Um, I will say, I'll preface this at the at the top. This is not technically my story, but I play a huge part in it. So I'm going to tell my part of the story. And also, I'm just not going to say names or anything or divulge anything. But it's and but I feel like I could tell the story now, given that what happened, what is supposed to happen, happens at the end of this month. So by now, it should have already happened. Okay. So and I'm hoping it ends in good results. But, uh, so, I have two friends that, one still works with me, the other one used to work with me, and they're younger, um, they're, like, about ten or so, maybe nine or so years old, like, they're young, young people, and, um, before, like, in 2019, uh, when I, uh, when I first met the guy of the, the two, um, he had told well he he didn't really tell me i just kind of found out when he was next to me that he had a thing that he had a little crush on the girl and um so he and i are talking after work one night and we're just sitting on the trunk of my car and we're talking it's like an hour and a half conversation and i'm like you know and i i'm a sucker for romance admittedly so and he he genuinely like feels for her and likes her and and so i'm like you know you could ask her out if you want he's like i'm too nervous to do that i don't think i could i'm like i mean you got two options really you have you could ask her out and she could say no and that's fine 
but you could ask her out. She could say, you could do nothing and then just build, and then it just builds up from that point. You know what I mean? This like constant feeling of like, I could have done something, but I never actually did. And I've been there and that's a terrible feeling. Um, so I'm like, it's something worth thinking about, but obviously do what you want, do what you're comfortable with. But, uh, if you, if, if you feel like you want to ask her out, I'd say it's worth at least trying. You know, obviously, whatever she answers is her answer, but it's worth trying. And, he's like, and so we had this really long conversation, um, and then we both left. The next, I don't know if it was the, the very next shift or it was one of the next shifts when I wasn't working with him, but I was working with the girl who's also a friend of mine. Um, it's after work again, and I'm like, so what do you think of, what do you think of this guy? Do you, th- like, do you think he? Do you think he's cool? Do you think he's cute? I'm obviously not saying anything. I'm just I'm just asking questions at first, and she's like, she kind of she kind of just like the shrug, admittedly, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of this too. But she's kind of doing the shrug thing, like, kinda, <laughs> like it's very adorable. It's very very adorable. And I'm like, and she's and I'm like, if he, hypothetically speaking, if he were gonna ask you out, what would would do you, would would that be something you'd be into? And she's like maybe uh, i don't know i'm not like but again they both have their like nervousness and they both have their their own reservations and stuff but that there, there's definitely interest in there that you can tell from like their body language and, so, and certain things so i'm like so say he would he were to actually ask you out um maybe like the next time you guys work together she's like i i might i might i might say yes and i'm like okay do you mind if i do something real quick she goes what and i'm like i'm gonna call him <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to put him on speaker and you're not going to say a word. <laughs> He's going to have no clue you're standing next to me. And she's like, oh my gosh, do it, do it. <laughs> okay, I was worried. I was worried that she was going to be like, oh, no, no. what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, no, no. She was, she was, she was into it. She's into the idea. So okay. I call him, All I right. call him on, I call him on speaker. And I'm like, hey, I know this is kind of weird just randomly calling you in the middle of the night but um you know how you were telling me that you have a thing for this girl and he's like yeah (laughs) and he's on speaker she's standing right next to me (laughs) and i'm like so i wanted to be up front with you i may have talked to her a little bit i didn't say you had any feelings for her or anything and again i'm saying this as she's standing right next to me (laughs) and then i'm like so you know how you were thinking about asking her out and he goes yeah and i'm like do it trust me just do it i think i think i think i have a good feeling she's gonna say yes and he's like are you are you sure i'm like trust me like just do it and he's like all right i think i will i'm like good you're not gonna regret it so i hang up and then she's like (laughs) like her hands on her mouth everything it's very adorable and he asked her out and they've been in a relationship for three years he sends me a picture the other day. This is like, I want to say Friday. He sends me a picture. And it's a ring. I knew this part was going to come up, but it's still amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you talking? What? He's like, he's like, it's been three years. It's time. You know, they got a house together. They're living oh, together. Wow. So, yeah. like, it's time. And he he really loves her, and so um, he's his plan is he's going to ask her, he's going to propose at the end of this month. Again, I hope it goes well. Um, if it doesn't, we could just delete this.
I'm rooting for you, man. But but I'm rooting for it. I think I think it's gonna go well, um, because they're both happy. Um, they both they, there's things about each other they hate, obviously, but that's just any relationship. But they love each other. Yes. Um. So, I'm I'm am very excited, and I I feel responsible <laughs> because I I had I didn't play the only part. There's a, there was other people involved in in them getting them together, but I definitely played a significant part, and I feel. So like any so like we'll be at work and I'll be working with her and anytime like he does something stupid I'll be like I feel slightly responsible for this. <laughs> he's like she should, he's just being stupid today and I'm like my bad. <laughs> but I'm genuinely excited to see how that plays out. Um so I told him to keep me updated whenever anything happens like he's got a photographer, he's got everything like where the loca- where they're going for the location and everything, it's genuinely exciting. Guys, I just want to say, in the three years that we've done this show, a lot of the time <laughs> it's like Richard getting Blu-rays or Richard saying life <laughs> sucks, and it's just nice. It's really nice to hear something like this. It's just good. You wanted to change it up a little bit. <laughs> nice keeps me on uh, a little bit longer but i also i'm like R- richard when he got the news i did something <laughs> yeah nice no i i was <laughs> i was i was i was telling the story to to claudia shout out to claudia a mutual friend of ours um last night and i was like I was like, you know what? If uh, if I go to their wedding, which I I, I feel like I have to, you if they if if it works out, obviously. Yep. Um, but if I go to if I go to their wedding, I'm just gonna steal the cake. They'll be like, I earned this. <laughs> <laughs> I earned this cake. This whole cake is mine. I'm even taking the little characters on top. It's mine. <laughs> but no, I, I again, I wanted to tell my my portion of the story there's probably a million other factors that i don't know about and obviously you know it's their it's their romance not mine but i'm glad to have had some part in it and i love these two guys so i hope i hope they have uh that it all works out and i hope everything i hope it's long and prosperous and beautiful mm-hmm. um, beautiful but speaking of of blu-rays uh, <laughs> let's change it back i'm so sad but i got this movie in the mail and it made me happy uh, <laughs> that's the show that is the show <laughs> yay um no in all seriousness um so i talked about i got that second site um 4k for the witch and then i got one before that for dawn of the dead mm-hmm. i got a new one this one is for a movie i've been trying to get on the show for so long joey knows this it's called the guest it's from uh godzilla versus kong uh director adam wingard and it's got Dan Stevens, who I'm a big fan of. And honestly, that's, again, one of my favorite things about 4Ks is the fact they're region-free. And all these Second Sight discs are uh, from the UK. So if it was Blu-ray, I could not watch this at all. Joey could, because he's got a region-free player for all formats, really. Um, or at least just Blu-ray. It's, you know, I mean, DVD. D- DVD so, right, yeah, so, 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 so all formats. I, I, am, yeah. I am not tethered by the laws of man. <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> but um but no i i love the fact that 4ks are basically region free and the discs themselves and again i might have talked about this before but the discs themselves like the artwork is fantastic and i love the the way that they, it's all set up though it's a bit basic there's no booklet or anything sadly 
but it comes with a butt ton of bonus features like there's there's an outtake reel there's new interviews um the disc has a uh hdr dolby vision that was uh approved by adam wingard um and there's a ton of stuff new commentary and it just makes it so worth actually getting it and i watched it again recently because i hadn't seen it in a long time and it just reaffirmed that yeah i still love it because it's ridiculous and dan stevens is how he didn't become like a movie star after that is baffling to me because he's so good he 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 is oh hold on my mother's calling me hold on one second keep recording yep i'm recording an episode but i'll be down in a little bit all right love love you oh richard this is when i call joey back this is when i call joey back this is when 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 i call joey back and we're back anyway so uh, <laughs> we back. You're, you're gonna hear some some funniness i guess <laughs> when, you, when you listen back to this but no dan stevens is absolutely incredible in the movie he he is sort of like like a southern gentleman He's not even Southern. He's like his character's from Kentucky. Right. But he's got that like kind of Southern charm. And some of the things that happen in the movie, I'm just like laughing the entire... Like, there's a bit in the movie without spoiling too much. Um, and uh, mind you, this is a movie that, that's from like, I think 2014. Um, but there's a scene in the movie where one of the kids of the family that Dan Stevens is visiting, my dog is barking. Hi. Um, uh, he gets... Uh, he stands up for himself in school after a bully in the movie calls him the F word, you know, that rhymes with maggot, that one. And um, <clears throat> there's no indication that the kid is gay, but he still calls him that because bullies are awful people that use terrible words. And um, the kid stands up for himself, punches him in the face, and then there's a fight in the classroom. And this is after uh dan stevens character david told him to like defend himself against bullies and so uh dan stevens and the mom go to talk to the principal of the school and the principal's like this is a we have a no tolerance policy for violence in this school so i'm afraid we're gonna have to expel your son and then dan stevens goes what did the kid call him and he's like i don't see how that's relevant no but what did, what did he call him though did he call him the f word He's like, I believe that's what's you, that's the word that was used. Yes, and he's like, so it was a hate crime. And you're saying that this kid, this gay kid, who finally stood up for himself, is going to be expelled from school? Is that what you're saying? And the principal's butthole just tightens <laughs> immediately. And he's like, you know, we're going to see, we're going to go to the school board about this and see how this, uh, this how this plays out there. And uh, maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe we'll sue you and. You know, we'll see how that works. And he looks at the mom. And he's like, "Do you want to sue him?" She's like, "I don't, I don't know." He's like, "We're gonna sue you." <laughs> and he and he starts walking out. And he's like, "I didn't know he was gay." What about after school? What about what about uh, weekend weekend detention? We can work with that. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> it's it's just moments like that in the film. Um, it's so good. If you haven't seen the guest, you should watch it. Mm. Um, but uh, in the action scenes, there's a lot of wow, and Lance Reddick's in it. Nice. I forgot about that. I saw him. And I'm like oh, Lance Reddick and Norm Spellman from Avatar. <laughs> Avatar driver Norm Spellman. Yes. Uh, Dan Stevens. Ever heard of him? 
But no, I, I genuinely love this movie. It's ridiculous, and it's kind of got a wicked sense of humor. Um, so I'm glad I picked that up. But outside of that, I am really genuinely excited to get to this episode, um, especially because we just watched the second one. And, like, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, this, is a, this, is, this is a Robert Rodriguez episode through and through. This is our... How many of his movies now we talked? Because we talked about Spy Kids 1 and 2. We talked about Planet Terror. Um, Desperado, um, Desperado, Machete, Machete. Um, I feel like, Ooh. are we missing one? Robert Regan. Let me a second. Just double check real quick. I'm I'm blanking so hard. It, it's well. That may have been it. I think at I think at this point that that may have been that might have been it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 double check ourselves. Yeah, but I think we're I think I think that's it. But he's he's certainly one of our most frequent directors on on our show, and mo- more more mm. often than not, we pair his own films with each other. <laughs> because listen, Robert Rodriguez is a one of a kind kind of filmmaker. You know, as we've talked about before, this one is is an exciting one because we have one of his movies. Uh, we're 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 wrapping up one of his franchises, more or less. well, not he he did one more, but this is the one that we really wanted to, especially Joey, really wanted to get to this one. Yep. He's uh, very excited. But the second one is cool because one thing that I think Robert Rodriguez is really known for is his his collaboration, because like he he clearly loves working with other filmmakers. Like he's worked with Tarantino a bunch of times. He's um, he's worked with Kevin Williamson when he did The Faculty, which is a fun movie I'd like to get on the show. And then he worked with one of our favorites, uh, Jim Boy himself, Jimmy Boy. Yes. Jimmy C. Uh, and so and it shows, honestly. It looks like a uh, match made in heaven, really. Uh, but before we get into that one, obviously, we have to talk about this first one, um, which is really like a solo effort as far as like creating your own world on his part. Joe Dinny Dan, mm-hmm. I so listen. If there's anyone that should intro intro this movie, there's no one else qualified but you. So Joey, Joe Dinny Dan, Duck Two, Dude Two, Joe. What is our first feature today? <sighs> Richard, Richard, yes, Richard. Yes. You want to get nuts? <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> That line is tainted. It is now a Super Bowl commercial. Ew! It felt right at the moment. Super. Richard, this is the, the, this is why movies were made. To get to this point. To get to this point. Now, this is the film. The film debut of the great villain, the toy maker. We also have the guy and the Avengers the guy. and the Avengers Endgame of Spy Kids. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. Make sure you have your life points because this is Spy Kids 3D. Game over. Well done. Well oh, done. it's a butterfly. <laughs> Joey, get back here. We got to do a show. <laughs> You've got to win the race, Joey. <laughs> yes. So, Spy Kids 3D game over. 
Um, I remember wanting to see this in theaters. I did not get to see it in theaters. I did. I did see this in theaters. So, as far as 3D experiences go, I know this one quite well. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I saw... I, I got the glasses. And it was the classic uh, red and blue glasses. Uh, it wasn't like how 3D is now. But it almost makes it better. <laughs> it was like that. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, again, like the movie was made on such a small budget. But... Um, you could clearly tell, like, Robert Rodriguez made this, like, he did all the Spy Kids movies, he made this strictly for children, because there's stuff flying at you, this is, it's not like, we're, we're not meant to have an immersive experience with this, necessarily, we're meant to, like, have frogs' tongues sticking at you, or a life, a life pack is in front of you, so you can grab it, it's like, oh, I want this, it's mine now, um, it's it's like the classic example of what 3D was. It was just like re- let's put things through the screen. Like I still remember the bit when uh, Sylvester Stallone is about to poke the button. It's like send the Tinker toys, and it's literally his finger is about to poke you right in yeah. the face. And it's also too. I remember around this time there was also the the Wild Thornberries like movie had the scratch and sniff. Oh um, yeah. So there was a lot of there was a bunch of like gimmicky like things for kids um in in the theaters and it was it was it was nice it was nice to have that first for a brief second until obviously the new technology of 3d and how how we have it now and now it's just like kind of commonplace even the, like obviously we talked about when avatar way of water came out and it was like it's been a second yeah <laughs> it's been a second but now it's like I think about like a scratch and sniff or like a classic 3D and I'm like it'd be kind of fun if that was like for for a brief moment for like a smaller movie or something they just decided to do that and it's like you know I'd be down like what like William Castle like level like gimmicks like the tingler had buzzers yeah. like, in the seat so you know thing, th- things <sighs> of this, th- uh, things of that nature um because we have D box now yeah that's true that's true <clears throat> it's mm. you know I, I think one of those like I think one of the things nowadays I think it's really about like the size of the picture and like just like you know Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer we're going to get in 70 millimeter 70 millimeter IMAX all these you know different uh different large scale formats um mm-hmm. and you know yeah, I have a Dolby cinema at my theater you know so that's another another one of those i think it's we've leaned more towards that end of things but um but Spy Kids 3D, I did see it at home, and the home version did have 3D glasses. So I do have, Thank, yeah, I have a set of 3D glasses behind my TV um, from from that movie, uh, from the DVD release, you know. And I was really excited, and I had a good time <laughs> watching it because I like the other two Spy Kids movies as I still do. Yeah, um, same. I, I remember like the pr- the pre thing with uh, Alan coming three dimensions. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. It's this. It was one of those things where, like, it just I I because you know about like when you're younger, you know about the whole like 3D thing, and it's it's kind of makes me think about how like the way 3D is now, and it's going to be kind of funny when people like to see the two different perspectives of 3D. Yeah, you know, like like we were growing up, and it's like 3D is meant to be like coming out at you, right? Wow, like every time we we go to Disney and we watch Muppet Vision. Like <laughs> the little CGI thing. What's it called? I forgot what the puppet, the, the Muppet was named. Well, 
We'll insert it. Waldo. It comes out at you, and it looks like it literally looks like it's standing above you every time. It's insane, and it's like that's what I know 3D of. And so, like with this new wave of 3D, it's like it's about immersion. We're gonna sink you in into the movie more, and I'm like, I love that, especially when it's done really well. But at the same time, I'm like, I do kind of miss. <laughs> the poking, poking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah it's also weird too with 3d because like the funny thing is what's the spy kids when they released the dvd edition of that that was the 3d where we had the, the red and blue glasses but when you get spy kids 3 on blu-ray there's no 3d version no 3d that's upsetting to me like i wish it was like um because like creature of the black lagoon had the blu-ray release of that has an option for if you have a 3d capable tv you can watch it in 3d that's awesome actually so i wish um they could could have done something with spy kids 3 on that but you know again 3d i know it's a contentious thing but you know i was i again i've been using my 3d tv a lot lately which we'll get to that in the second half um mm. but like, like things like life of pi gravity avatar um, i i also pre-ordered the way of water 3d blu-ray uh, in addition Beautiful. to 4K, so yeah, they got me bad. They got me bad, guys. <laughs> they uh, got they they bit him in the leg, they and they me. weren't let go. Nope. But this, you know, the, the plot doesn't really matter in this. But basically, it, it, it feels like a like a 2000s movie because people are worried about video games. Juni is like you know he's like a private eye at this point. Basically, he's where, he's left the OSS. He's left the OSS, but they need him back. Because something's going on with the new game from the toy maker. They gotta send him in, and his sister is trapped in the game as well, apparently. Like, she's, like, her body is in, like, a bubble, but her brain is in the game. It's in the game. And it was, the game is called Game Over, and it's this hot new thing. It's like, (gasps) it's the new, it's the new, it's virtual reality, it's all kinds of things, it's so exciting. Um, and they're like, we got to get you in the game because it's made by this guy named the Toy Maker, who's played by King Shark himself, Rocky himself. Hey, you know, I made a video game, and now you're stuck in it. What up? Um, Sylvester Stallone, um, who has so much fun in this, he's like a, 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 a like imagine Willy Wonka but bigger. <laughs> yes. Bigger, and then Willy bigger Wonka, and more sense of the words. Willy Wonka also in in the sense of like talking to it, like he is like a, a peaceful version, a militaristic uh, version, and a scientist version. Where are you? Oh, peace and love. <laughs> we want out. Um, or but I like yeah. to I like to think about what George Clooney does his Sylvester Stallone impression for, for imprisoning, imprisoning me, me. <laughs> for using me. <laughs> Best but, performance uh, we've had on our show from George Clooney so far. <laughs> How many other clu- uh, clu- we've talked about the first two. five kids? <laughs> two, three. The funniest, the funniest thing is I think my favorite George Clooney performance is an animated one, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So it's... <laughs> was did at any point uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox did he go for imprisoning me? <laughs> no, no. Oh, he should have. No, but but he did. He did say what was it? We had a master plan. <laughs> But anyway, so Junie has to go in the game, right? And it, it, it's pretty tricky because it, it takes some getting used to. He meets a couple of uh, a couple of people, 
uh, gamers, a couple of other gamers, and you know, not to go beat by beat, but there's all sorts of things. He's able to bring in somebody from the real world, so he brings in his grandpa, played by Ricardo Montalban, returning to the show, obviously. Um, Ricardo Montalban, and the thing is, Ricardo Montalban, grandpa, has a history with the toy maker. Yes. Because it was the toy maker who put Grandpa in the wheelchair. It's insane. <sighs> but then, but then he gets to use his legs in the virtual world, so he looks like <laughs> a really cool action figure with Ricardo Montalban's head. Inside, I, I feel like this. <laughs> it it made when I told Joey when we were watching it, it made me think of in I think the second Jumanji movie. Of like the revival Jumanji mm, movies, you were saying this, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Danny Glover's character, uh, who's like, like he's he's Danny DeVito's like ex best friend or something in the movie because they had a restaurant together and then something happened or whatever. But um, we find out, uh, spoiler alert, if you've never seen it, but we find out later on in the film that Donald Glover, or Danny Glover's character is uh, has cancer and he's sick, and so. Uh, in the world of Jumanji, though, where he can be someone else, and uh, he he's perfectly fine, and he ends up turning into a horse uh, who has wings, so he's like a Pegasus, and I, and I'm like, uh, and and at the end he's like, I'm gonna stay here, <laughs> and I'm like, that's just straight up Spy Kids three. <sighs> you know. It's like Grandpa is like, I can't walk, but in here. I can do many things. Every masterpiece has its cheap copy, for sure. <laughs> We're not talking about Ant-Man Quantumania, though. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh! Do you feel that sting, MCU? <laughs> Stop. You're upset. All the people listen to our show, which is like three. <laughs> to the three people? Oh! You feel that sting? <laughs> To the three people that are listening, thank you all for coming. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Do you feel that, Sting? <laughs> but anyway, like this is a lot of like stuff. Just well, this movie, like the CG, obviously, even back then, it didn't look great. No. Today, it doesn't. <laughs> so it, we're not gonna, you know. But there is a, a a level of commitment, and um, I think one of the things that made me respect this so much, also and we've talked about this before is Robert Rodriguez's 10 minute film school where he talks about how, you know, how to make your movies more economically and just know how to plan, plan your shots and things like that. Cause Robert Rodriguez wears many hats on his productions. So he Mm -hmm. knows He's, he's director, editor, composer, cinematographer, even on this movie, he he obviously is director. He was the composer. I think he was an editor, cinematographer. He's definitely. I do believe he was cinematographer on this one. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, those three people that listen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, like yeah, he he is he is the one man film crew as as I think his book's called, and. You know, like you look at a lot of the the choices that are made, like the ingenuity of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like I look at the costuming, like yep. I look at Junie's costume in the film, which is significant because that's what you know leads to 
them assuming he's the character of the guy right. who's like the po- who's like the poster character which now anytime i play a video game and i could play like what the cover character like i could make the character look like what's on the cover then i feel like i'm the guy it's yeah. because of that movie <laughs> yeah uh, um but uh like his costume looks like there was a little bit of money put into it and they put a little bit of effort into it but obviously they probably had to like be more economical with everyone else's suits but it geniusly done they take essentially like just motocross suits and then like add a little bit of like science fictionness to it yeah and you're kind of like like that's what that's what you would do if you were a film student or that's what you would do like if you could if you could have like a little bit of more of a uh maybe a budget or a little more push you can turn something that is effectively meant to be one thing and make it fit something else and it still works so like right. all these uh, all these other characters uh save for Junie and Carmen um and Grandpa whose entire thing is basically CGI but yeah um and even to a lesser extent the guy the actual guy uh, yeah. <laughs> um all the other suits are just basically motocross suits but it still works yeah and like you kind of like you kind of respect it yeah you know and so like you look at that and plus it's it's much better that it's tangible as well so it's not just outside of grandpa it's not just all cgi created suits right but it's also yeah. cool it's also cool too because like seeing all the different because uh, ricardo montalban was in a wheelchair so like yeah all the different ways they ma- they use the green screen to make it look like okay grandpa is lifting up <laughs> is lifting up a couple of guys or the way grandpa looks like he's kneeling down or he's getting ready to kneel down or i i always the interesting too is like the chase sequences you know yeah. where like daryl sabara is lifted up and he's like r- his legs are legs are going and then the <laughs> other guys are like zooming past or like whatever it's 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 obvious it's obviously like really fun um really fun stuff or like each character gets like a distinguishing thing like um uh carmen uh gets like that F- freddy krueger looking uh <laughs> like the hand thing yeah the hand thing <laughs> uh so it's like everybody gets like a little you know notable like ooh like fun thing um and then i think the other one of the other big things is too this movie is the avengers endgame of uh of spy kids because and again in the 10 minute school film school they talk about this how they could only get people for certain days you know so you can't you can't everybody was busy doing something so like the the shot where it's like all like the the family basically lined up they're all like they're like in different groups like (laughs) by himself and then there's a few other people together and then maybe ricardo montalban was by himself i forget the exact one i know antonio was by himself and then there's like <laughs> so it's like cause people make fun of that in Marvel movies today where it's just like oh they clearly are not all here. Yeah, they're uh, not actually talking to each other right now. But just the vibes and the energy that they bring to this that's why that's why I think it's so weird at least again just maybe because I just like the movie but whenever people make the comparison between this and like Ant-Man or like you know people are like oh you know remember Spy Kids like that was ho- that was horrible and it's like did we watch the same movie? Cause like, I understand the, the complaint obviously about the, the, the CGI, but again, as we've talked about, it's made on a, it's a low budget movie. First 38, $38 million. And that's, listen, that's not, that's not Marvel. <laughs> if you try to make this today, it'd be like a hundred, hundred million dollars like for, for perspective spider verse, which is considered to be like a modestly budgeted, like animated movie, hundred million dollars. 
Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, <laughs> but like it's made on it's made on that budget and there's there's a lot of ingenuity that comes and this is something that's genuinely important to learn I think for any filmmaker that you know ever like there's going to be limitations so you have to figure out ways cuz you're that's that's what directing is is problem solving. Yeah. You're 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 on set. You're trying to figure out. Okay, this isn't working. How do we fix this? Or even you're in post production. You're in editing, and you're like, okay, how do we fix this? Right. Um. Let's insert insert a shot here. Is the shot weird a little bit? But you know, at least the scene flows better now. Right. Perfect. Let's keep it like this. Um. I'm I'm mostly calling back to my own experiences. <laughs> Admittedly, I'm like, oh god, why didn't we film this? What's wrong with us? Oh, wait, I have this one shot. Throw it in there. Right. Yeah. Um. But and then also just. Rob Rodriguez, I'm like, it's from what it seems, especially like when you watch his movies, like people seem to love working with the guy. Yeah. And so like, like, yeah, he had to film all these people separately, but it's not like any of these people didn't want to be there. Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure Robert Rodriguez called uh, Antonio Banderas and was just like, hey, can I, can I get you for a couple, couple of shots for Spy Kids 3? And he's like. And I literally just imagine he just pushes everything aside. <laughs> nobody move. Nobody move. I must activate the brain. Now. No. Sir. The, the, eh. the, the best is when, when he's like, like any scene, his lab coat is like, like, like a glasses quick. <laughs> and even his 3D glasses are different from everyone else's. Yes. But it's still awesome. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I love when he's floating and he's clearly just on wires and he's trying to beat up the giant robot of Sylvester Stallone. Here it's comes so the Dinkster. I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> Someone rig the Dinkster. There we go. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Brandon, Daddy. <laughs> they just have it. That's another thing. They just have an umbrella, but the umbrella is so cool it shoots a brand out the top. Steve Buscemi is on a flying pig. <laughs> Did someone call in a loon? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Romero. These ones are broken. They're perfect. <laughs> and then the Robo Kids. The Robo Kids. <laughs> and seeing behind the scenes of that too, like in the um, in like the end credits, because they show some of the behind the scenes stuff. And you see it. They're so adorable. It's like now fly. And they're just like put their arms up like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think like the racing scene was a lot of fun. I was thinking about Ready Player One and like how, yeah. <laughs> like how that scene is like has probably has some of the best CGI that you could possibly ask for. You got Steven Spielberg working on it. It's, it's like got a, Cog. It's got it's got like you know it's just a IP. really well all the IP like overload. It's got a it's just a really great racing scene. But then you watch this. And you know what? I almost like it more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also the sense of like, like, not that we would make it think anything as good as Robert Rodriguez, but at least no. it feels like. I think I've said this before. It feels attainable. It's like this is <laughs> achievable. I could reach this goal in my life if I wanted. And that's not. That's not. No disrespect to Rodriguez either. It just shows you he's really good at like managing his resources and knowing yes. w- knowing what he wants, which I think is extremely important. Um, with any with any of these things, uh, just yeah. think, think about. Uh, but it, it's also just really funny, like how dramatic Ricardo Montalban is. Like, talks, <laughs> think about all the things I cannot do. I cannot walk on the beach with my wife. I miss the birth of my daughter. <laughs> all I wanted to do was forgive you. <laughs> and you're like, oh. oh. 
Uh, and again, I think it all it all also plays to the fact that he's making this movie for kids. Yes. Like this is like every every complaint I hear about Spy Kids three is from someone clearly in their thirties. And again, yeah. we're we're both people that are older. I'm in my thirties. Joey's still twenties. I'm, I'm about to be there, guys. He's still there. in his twenties. He's still beautiful. Not that he won't be after thirty, but he's still beautiful. <laughs> but at the same time, like I think the the person complaining about this movie is typically not the person this movie is made for, and it's no. it's the strangest thing. No, and I think I think people I mean, I've talked about this too, where it's like I think people have this expectation of like every every like movie for kids needs to be like the most life changing thing, and I think you gotta have things that are good and fun. <laughs> like have them be colorful, have them be like a good time. Obviously, don't have don't have it be mean. No, don't have you it know, be mean. You, you want know. it to be fun. You want it to be you want it to be bright and exciting. It's like it's like when you hand a kid a piece of paper and you say, "Go ahead, color it or draw draw something you want," and they would draw probably something like a Spy Kids three right. sort of vibe situation. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like, most other kids' movies, too. And, again, there's a lot of incredible kids' movies, a lot of incredible animated live action, what have you, for kids. But, like, a lot of the times they are made by older people that are like, what would kids like? Where it's like, Robert Rodriguez, and this is something, we've said this in all the other times we've talked about Spy Kids, but, like, one of the things I will always love about Robert Rodriguez and his approach to children's cinema is he literally just goes to his kids and says, what would you want to see? Yeah. Like what? What? Like like whatever you want to do, I'm going to make that, and that's the most precious thing too to think yeah. about. Like he went to his kids when they were little, little, and he was like, "Hey, you know, what if I, you know, what kind of movie would you want me to make?" And like, and there's also not a lot of jobs you can do that with. No, you know what I mean? Like, like the fact that he has this job that allows him to be as creative as he wants, and he's incredibly creative, as we know, but. The fact that he's able to just go to his children and say, you know, tell me, a, tell me an idea you want. And they're like, what about their superheroes? One of them's a lava hero. One of them's a shark hero. Fuck yeah. I mean, hell yeah. Sorry. I mean, yes, yeah. Kid, sorry. Ooh, my bad. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I, get, I, you know, I get it. You know, people are like, are you, uh, so you want, you don't, you just don't care about the quality of things. It's like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. No. If you're, there are people, and I think this is incredibly unhealthy, who hold everything to like this gigantic standard, and not yes. everything's gonna, not everything's gonna reach there. And you should no. call it out when it does, when it, when the, when there are like things that are like truly abysmal or really bad. But Spy yes. Kids, Spy Kids 3D, this is what you're gonna wage your crusade on. <laughs> Like you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna unsheathe your sword and point it at this, really? Like like listen, there, there's some bad there's some bad family movies. Do out you there. do you kick puppies? <laughs> um, but, was that was that too much of a sting? I was like, oof. Uh, but this it, it, it's a lot of fun, and I think it's it's still genuinely so fun to watch. I think we had a great time watching it actually because I think there are a lot of like family movies. I think I've said this before with the Spy Kids movies. There are a lot of family movies out there that feel like they're better if you're older, and yeah. they're like you know 
movie there are movies that maybe the whole family can enjoy but maybe might go over a kids and that's that's not to say you shouldn't show kids like things that make them think but like no. i think sometimes it's nice to have something that does speak to kids and i think to a certain extent these movies i think these movies are some of the closest ones that do that um yeah and um, the kids are the ones saving the day yes yes like these this it's not even just that these kids it's not even just like, like we're shaking keys in front of children with these movies we're literally just saying like this you you're a kid but you can still be good you can still do good yes like this exactly. this kid is this kid is actively saving like Junie's actively trying to save the world yes exactly and he's also cool as fuck yes very cool <laughs> i know i've sworn more on a thing talking about spy kids than i probably should but it's worth that <laughs> This kid's not. This this the show's not for kids. It's, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, this it's a lot of fun. Um, I wish I had like this on 3D Blu-ray. That'd be really cool to have. Oh yeah. And uh, this is one of those where I'm, I'm so glad we we talked about. I'm so glad we have this mutual interest in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, like because I remember, I remember I've seen all. I saw all of them in theaters. I still. I will say I still haven't seen the fourth one. I hope it's good. I know it doesn't have necessarily, you know, like it's a whole different thing, but I like Jessica Alba, who's the mom in it. And I think, I think Daryl Sabara and uh, Alexa Vega show up in it. Or Alexa Penavega is her name now. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I'd be curious after going through this whole thing, but these, these were from our childhood specifically. So there was a lot of, a lot of resonating going on with those. I remember again. I saw the the third one in theaters. I saw it in three D. It was so much fun. I saw it with my dad, and I'm sure my dad was just like, uh. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just going, yeah. And it like it made me excited, and I I wanted to play more video games because of it, and I wanted to play the game over game. You know, I wanted to like go to all the levels and stuff, and have I wanted to be the guy. But and... that also it also feels like a very mid two thousands thing. Remember, pe- there were people who were like, "We need to ban video games. We yeah. need to like video Ugh. games are the biggest threat." Uh, and I feel like it's one of those like time capsule things where <laughs> it's funny because I went to for my job, I went to a thing talking about esports and the applications for esports in education, and that schools. High schools, a lot of high schools, are starting to have their own esports teams. Oh, and, and colleges give out scholarships for this stuff. So uh, that, think, that's think that's about, that's pretty wild, actually. So think about how much that has changed. Like how much has changed since we were kids, and to now. It, it, I thought it was cool just the fact that there was a bowling class when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, you go to college, like, you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I, you know, when I was younger, I was part of this team where we, we all got together, we played Call of Duty, or we played, you know, whatever game, and we got, like, third in this division, and then I think about my childhood, I'm like, that wasn't there, <laughs> because people were actively going, no, this bad. <laughs> right. But now there's a lot of different opportunities, not even that you have to become, like, the top streamer or anything like that, but there's also a lot of, like, if you're, like, commentating on games or audiovisual yeah. audio visual, like setup because these things are huge now these are events yeah game like even just gameplay video like i know like what's his name markiplier right you know it's like huge for doing stuff like that i have friends at work who are excited for that five nights at freddy movie coming out right and right now they're just binging uh 
Markiplier playthroughs of uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> nice. And, I, and I'm like, that's 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 amazing. Um, um, but uh, also, can we shout out Elijah Wood? Yes. For being just the guy. <laughs> uh, the second time he's worked with Robert Rodriguez, to my knowledge, because he was the main character in uh, The Faculty. But also, I love the fact that it's like him and Daniel Radcliffe, because I was watching Horns the other day from him. It was like one of his post-Harry Potter movies. I love the fact that these two guys, obviously, you know, they got to get you know they're they're doing work wherever they can get work at times but also like i love the fact that they're basically the the the, the faces of these major fantasy franchises and then their choice after that is done is just to make the weirdest shit possible yeah and like they have so much fun doing like like you could tell elijah woods just like he was asked to play this like mythical being character in this movie and he's like yeah <laughs> we're gonna take these guys out we're gonna win this unwinnable level are you with me yeah <laughs> but again this is a movie that's saying the kids can do it and the adults do, they don't need the adults so when so when he walks in there and he gets the door open and he's like cake he dies <laughs> oops and then there's that nice call back to the i'm gonna knock your thing down before you could say oops and then yeah. it's because oops yes <laughs> brilliant but um, no, yeah. I love Elijah Wood. He's awesome. He is awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we got to say about uh, Spy Kids 3D Game Over. We're we, gonna take a... we could say more, but you know, we got we got we got to cut ourselves off at some point. This is true. This is very true. Yeah. Uh, de- definitely, definitely check it out. It's a fun kids movie. You know, it's fun. Uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about another Robert Rodriguez 3D extravaganza stay tuned Woo! oops life is pain you're listening to wktxc i'm your host whoa 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 what is it what was that quit being vague life is life is pain it's my new catchphrase you know something memorable the kids will latch on to kids yeah you know how everyone loves mr rogers okay his catchphrase was, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And Bob Ross always said, we don't make mistakes, just happy little accidents. So my catchphrase is going to be, life is pain. Why? Because it's self-aware and Gen Z will find it relatable. I think we should look into something more endearing. You know what, Doyle? I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about this thing, all right? Jeez. Anyhow. Today's a very special day because today is the start of our summer blowout fundraiser event here at WKTXC. All through the month of July, we're going to be raising money for my new GoFundMe Kickstarter. Now, this product I'm going to tell you about, or should I say sing about, is a real lifesaver in these desperate pre-apocalyptic times. We all know that when our warmongering overlords finally decide to put us out of our misery and rain down hell from on high over Mother Nature with napalm and greenhouse gases, food and water is going to be our only form of currency. Well, guess what, kids? Life is pain, but Uncle Monty's got a product that he's going to sell you that will save your sorry behind. And I've written a song to strengthen my hard sell technique. Okay. Doyle, I'm going to go into the recording booth. You introduce the band. I don't know anything about this. Here, just read this introduction. Oh, well, I I am quite good at reading. Greetings, losers. What? Why'd you stop? We're all keyed up. Okay, fine. 
Greetings, losers. Let's get one thing straight. You're going to donate to my Kickstarter or else. Get ready for the apocalypse of my state-of-the-art freeze-drying machine. What? Did you clear this with me? Freeze-dry all your favorite foods with this easy-to-use, free-range, eco-friendly, freeze-drying doohickey. Oh boy, we're gonna get a lot of lawsuits. With Monty Montgomery's futuristic freeze-drying machines, you, yes, you, can freeze-dry foods. Foods like beans, etc., etc. Typical. If we can raise $42,000 in 12 hours, I will use a private investigator to obtain the addresses of every last person who donated. And I swear on my mother's grave, I will come into your home and personally freeze dry everything in your fridge. Okay, okay. Preach. I'll freeze dry everything in sight until you beg me to leave. And that's a guarantee. That being said, I've written a song to help convince you. I've assembled a band, a band and how, a band and a half. Boy, let me tell you, this band is really hot. We got stubby weems on the bass guitar, weemy stubs on the guitar. Not to mention Johnny Johansson from Phoenix, Arizona on the dang old mandolin. Dear God. Along with Billy Buckbuster and the stomp clapping stompers from New York City on the stomps and claps. And yours truly on the lead vocals. Anyway, here's my band, brand new song, Apocalypse Not Now. Oh. Sing a song, I'm gonna sing it so loud till the break of dawn. Well, I'm not the kind of guy to give up quick. I'm gonna sing it so long that I'm gonna be sick. Come gather around, children, let me tell you the news. Invest all your money in freeze dried food. make ourselves a nice chocolate room. Just sexy. Just nice. Sizzle on it. Feels good. Well, folks, I know what you're thinking. Take my money now? Well, therein lies the room. Okay, fellas, just a little further. The room's just about finished. In order to avoid paying taxes on all those donations, I'm gonna need you all to send your money via Target gift certificates. But don't send them to me. For the love of God, don't do that. Just oozy on down the post office and send those cute little gift cards to my band members. Alright, boys? 
Claire Sexy. That's it. Now, fellas, tell these nice folks where to mail the money. P.O. Box Welcome back to Two Ducks, One Double Feature. <laughs> Two dudes, one double feature. Um, in our last segment, or it could be ducks. We could keep it going, why not? Um, <laughs> in our last segment, we talked about one of the crowning achievements in cinema history. That is Spy Kids 3, Game Over. Joey's big smile. <laughs> yeah. Um... Joey, Joey's face, uh, again, I think Joey's face reactions to a lot of stuff that I say is another reason why we need a, a video format. <laughs> we, should, we should look into the um, the platform Jimmy used. Yeah, we should, honestly. Potentially, because that seemed to work out nicely for uh, the interview, which I'm still in shock that <laughs> that We happened. did that. We, we, we have, we, we've gotten that far now. Yep. It's weird. Um Thank you for that, Jimmy, by the way. Um, that was a lot we got to get him on the show also, too. Yes, we do. 100%. Um, but yeah, we talked about Spy Kids 3, Game Over, or Spy Kids 3D, Game Over, depending on you know, which version. Um, and now we're moving on to a more recent Robert Rodriguez effort. Not Hypnotic. I have not seen Hypnotic, but uh, I hope it's good. I, I haven't just gotten around to it yet. Um, I think it's that Ben Affleck movie that came out like not long ago, but um, but no, we're talking about uh, a a kind of unique effort for him because uh, well, like I was saying earlier, Robert Rodriguez is one of those people that is someone that loves working with people, loves working with other filmmakers as well, and this is one of those collaborative efforts because he teams up with none other than James Cameron, um, who essentially was supposed to direct this second movie, but because of uh, getting involved with Avatar and essentially how long it takes him it takes him to make anything Avatar nowadays. Um, so all of his time went to that. And so while he was still very passionate about this other project, he had Robert Rodriguez come on board and put his spin on it and direct it. And uh, hopefully there's a second one. I know there's talk because I mean James Cameron's got the money. It's going to be funded by him if it's made at this point. But uh, I hope there's a second one. But um, it's it's crazy because this is one of the first, if not the only times to my memory, that Robert Rodriguez has really made a truly like big budget movie. Because again, we talk about the economical aspect of, of Robert Rodriguez, but now it's like, what's it going to be like for someone like Robert Rodriguez when he has like unlimited funds <laughs> to make a movie? And let me look at the budget. Like, well, let's get to the movie first. So. Yeah, what is what is this movie we're talking about, Joe Denny Dan? Duck 2. We're talking... We're talking about um, the Robert Rodriguez directed uh, Alita Battle Angel, aka the number one movie I see my friends post going, I need a sequel now. 
And that's not a cri- it's just more of an observation. And, it's that and, and the nice guys, or at least I imagine it would be. Well, the nice guys is like film, the film Twitter, uh, the film <laughs> Twitter answer. <laughs> film Twitter's like, where's my nice guys? Everyone else, where's my Alita? What if we combine our forces? Oh. Um, so the budget for this was between 150 to 200 million dollars. Yeah. So that's that's about the going rate for a blockbuster these days. It grossed 405 million dollars, so it's kind of in that weird like teetering point. It could go either. I mean, Pacific Rim cost about that much, and it it got a sequel. You know, yeah. it made four hundred about about that much four hundred. I think four hundred eleven million. It also had the toys too, but you know, it was one of those things where it could have gone. It could go either way for this movie. We'll see what happens. Uh, and it's based on a manga series. Yeah, I've never i I've read briefly uh, a couple pages of the manga, and because um, just from picking it up at the bookstore. But I definitely want to check it out at some point, especially after seeing the movie as many times as I have. And I'm like, I, I kind of want to read this now. I want but, to say uh, Yukito uh, Kishiru. Is that the, Kishiru, the um, author? Is the author, yep. Okay. Um, so, just to give them credit. Uh, but this movie, like, the plot, admittedly, like, in my mind, I had a loose reference of the plot. Because it's basically... Uh, uh, Geppetto, I mean, Christoph Waltz. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, fine. Are we back to Pinocchio? (laughs) Allison, this is the best. This is better than the Pinocchio movie. (laughs) 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 But even though it has, it is none of those, like, the, it really doesn't, I'm going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie, um, so like, you know. Christoph Waltz is Ito, Dr. Ito. Dr. Doctor Ito. I forget what his first name is in the movie, but uh, yeah, Dr. Ito. Yeah, so, you know, he's like a, he's a machine guy. He helps repair, like, the cyborg people. He finds this, this body, and uh, he's able to reassemble it. You, and... Using, using uh, a body that he made for other reasons, and he yes. puts it together, yeah. Yes, yes. Um and that is our our main our main character eventually named Alita. And so basically the the world that we're set in is it's kind of like an Elysium situation. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Have you seen that one, Joey? Elysium? I've I've never seen it, but that was the movie I thought of while watching yeah. this. Cuz like that movie and this movie uh, as far as I'm, I imagine maybe Elysium Neil Blomkamp was somewhat probably inspired by the manga for Alita when he made that movie but mm. um, essentially the whole premise is uh, there was this major war called the fall and uh, not autumn the fall uh, <laughs> and um, uh, at the end of it to my from what I remember them saying in the movie uh the city in the sky, uh, which is not Elysium. What what the hell is the city in the sky called again? I'm trying to figure that out. Um, they say it so many times in the damn movie, too. I'm sad I don't remember it. I'm so Zalem. sorry. Zalem. Zalem. Yes. Thank you. Um, so Zalem, it's this like floating city in the sky that's uh, that's basically connected to the ground by these cables. And it's it floats there with like modern engineering. This is set in like the far off future. Um, I also love that it says like 20th Century Fox. This is before like the the switch with Disney owning it. That's so that's probably part of the reason I imagine this movie didn't bank as well as it could have. But either way, that's you know. Um, but uh, 
I love how it says 20th Century Fox, but then like one of the spotlights goes over it and it says 26th Century Fox. And I like that Joey just went, huh. <laughs> 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 like that, I cracked up when he, I was like, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, so there's this big war, and so there's the city in the sky, Zalem, and then there's Iron City, which is on the ground. And that's where people, like, it's like the poverty-stricken people, and people are just trying to live and live their best lives. But there's potential, and there's promise from some people that they could potentially go to Zalem. There's never any guarantees, but there's possibilities. And the, the, the a lot of the possibilities are, like, hollow promises, really. So it's like, because they always say, like, you know, there's only really one way to get to Zalem, but most of the other ways are BS anyway. So, um, Dr. Ito, he finds Alita and he has sort of a history in that where he lost his daughter who's also named Alita. And so, uh, she was murdered by, uh, this cyborg who I guess was like wanting more drugs or wanting more from Ito because Ito fixes cyborgs, essentially cybernetic people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this dude freaks out played by Casper Van Dien. Uh, and he sadly kills the daughter, and so Ito gets his revenge, but it's sort of a hollow thing, and he can't, he doesn't get better from it necessarily, but he ends up becoming a hunter-warrior to sort of, you know, fix something he thinks he's caused, essentially. So there's actually some character relation between him and the love interest character Hugo in the film, I think, because Hugo's kind of in that same ballpark where he's like a scrapper and he steals parts from cyborgs. Yeah, um, but a lot of it, it is just like, oh, we need to get Alita's heart. We need to get this, and Alita rediscovering. It's like Wolverine, like, ooh, I'm having pieces together my memories. Ooh, ah. And, like, listen, like, most of the, like, like the, sto- the story ended things, I, I, like, there was, like, Nova, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And, like, the villains, I'm like... They're well, there. Fine. They're there. Uh, there's a lot of cool designs. It's really, for me, It's just, it really is like a vibes movie where I'm just like, I'm enjoying the world that I'm in. And uh, Rosa um, uh, Ro- Salazar. Ro- Rosa Salazar. She's fantastic. Uh, fantastic she, as Alita. She's so damn good. So damn good. And the visual effects that brought, like, that, that aid in that performance and we're at a point where these the, the things that we can that, that can be achieved are so cool <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, oh my god just like and, and it, also yeah yeah, yeah. It, we're, um, we're speechless if you can't tell it's on i was like impressed like vu- from a visual standpoint i mean it was like we were saying blade runner vibes a lot of sets in this it, it felt very re- i felt like i could walk through the irons it made me think of um Andor in that way because they built yeah like, acres of like like over an acre or whatever of like that city you know in Andor um and it's like it that really does add to it uh add to the um the believability of these things the action scenes are incredible what is it motorball I was ready motorball to say, yeah rollerball uh, <laughs> very different you know, though. <laughs> very different but it's a lot of fun uh that those rollerball motor motorball. <laughs> <laughs> it's a like two seconds later. Uh, it, it's it's pretty awesome. It's just like like the, the camera goes, and uh, I should also say too, I I watched this in 3D on my 3D TV. Yeah, which officially I can say this, I have not watched this in 3D, so I don't know. <laughs> you don't. It's really it plays more 
go and listen to our dread episode please yes yes please (laughs) but we it plays more into the immersion of 3d like there's like a depth to to the image and it's pretty incredible it's a james cameron contribution i imagine yeah and it's like it's nice that the 4k i'm glad the 4k set came with the 3d blu-ray um is richard is kissing it (laughs) i'm caressing it on the microphone right now it's his baby um but but that was really what was mainly here for this movie for is just the visuals and like the you know the the performances were good you know fine yeah like rosa salazar is really like the standout yeah. Of the movie. And that's that's what I think helps as well, is that you have a central character that you care about. Yeah. So, like, her, like, even just moments where she's, like, rediscovering things, like, she's having oranges and she's eating chocolate and she's, like, having these euphoric reactions to it and you're like, it's so precious. Yes. <laughs> and, like, the, the, the bit when she like falls in love with Hugo, which I, I again, I, I, like, a sappy romance admittedly. Um, yeah. And she pulls her heart out, and you're like, oh. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just like Pirates of the Caribbean. But, I mean, it's still kind of sad at the end, but. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Very, very, very sad. Uh, you know. Uh, but it, it, it's it's fun. But the funniest thing also in this movie, Jennifer Conley's in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, she's yeah. got like this crystal thing, like this little bead thing on her forehead this purple bead thing which i think is like a a symbol for for people who are in this in the the sky is it like sky I, I think it's like like people that live in zalem have jewels embedded in their forehead i think yeah yeah so like i was like oh my gosh it's mrs vision and then i'm like wait a minute she's is she actually Bob mrs Vi- <laughs> is she, she actually, actually she's married to Bob Be- Bob Be- <laughs> <laughs> Conley vision. <laughs> Conley vision. Conley vision. vision. <laughs> or, now, or now I'm just like, it was Nova all along. <laughs> and, and then it's just, it's just Ed Norton. Just like. The, uh, dude, that was the biggest surprise of the movie. Because like, he didn't look like Ed Norton until he took off those glasses. You're like, I, he looked what? Like, <laughs> he, he looked like James Cameron. <laughs> he kind of did. When you, I saw your post on Letterbox and you said that, I'm like, holy shit, you got a did look like James <laughs> So for a second, I thought, did Jimmy, Jimmy C, did Jimbo cameo in this <laughs> as Nova? <laughs> and then it was just Ed Norton. You're like, wait, hold on a second. Um, you, did you need to? Of, did you need to take yeah. a moment and abbreviate? Just know what just that just happened. We have the pre-definite uh, Ed Norton performance. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny but i think with this movie like because i was jokingly calling it like pinocchio and actually it kind of like after like the first couple scenes it kind of drops that because it, it, there's not like a lot of people are robots here it's not like in pinocchio where it's like oh i want to be a real boy oh <laughs> <laughs> i want to be a real boy yes please oh. <laughs> yes please <laughs> 
but in this it's just like okay she she's fine that she's like a robot person like from mars and like, <laughs> like, I, I honestly i didn't care much about like any like a lot of not any of the story but like a lot of like the stuff where like oh man we got to worry about this we got to worry about uh the the, the 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 sky and going i'm like i didn't care i'm like I, I liked I liked Alita. I liked uh, you know I liked uh, what's his uh, Christoph Waltz's like super hammer thing that he used. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like it's like a jet engine on a stick. <laughs> jet engine on a stick. It felt like a real world. I think that's what ultimately what I liked about it. And that's what it, if we do get a sequel, I'm I'm not. I mean, again, I, I like alita enough as a character but like the story for me would be like a secondary thing as long as i would get to experience more of this world that would be pretty awesome yeah it's it's i feel like there's probably like a struggle i imagine in certain because there's probably i don't know how many volumes there are of alita but i imagine there's tons there's i think with mangas especially there's always so many volumes it's like that they have to cram so much into it i just think to, it made me think of akira like yeah Akira, like, um, in that respect, because I'm like, I know it's a manga, um, but and then it's like, it, visually, this is awesome, but there's a lot of like story stuff that I just don't. There's a lot of exposition, to. yeah, and a lot of stuff I'm I'm not connecting. I'm I need to see Akira again at some point in my life. Um, admittedly, uh, the, but Akira, on that same regard, is also another one of those movies that I appreciate just for how beautiful the animation yes, is and absolutely and the world that they live in like that's it's an immersion thing with that one as well like i yeah. always feel like that would have been paired well with this just to be like yeah there's for for what the efforts were on and adapting something like alita like having to cram so much into a small package even to the point where this movie ends on a cliffhanger it does yeah like, like it, it's it's a way of water cliffhanger, literally, because there's a zoom in on the eye. <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's the uh, second movie I watched the last couple of days. It's had a cliffhanger. <laughs> Spider Verse uh, being a pr- pretty huge cliffhanger. Yeah, but there's I, I imagine there's more of a guarantee on there on the Spider Verse part, at least for the continuation. Yes. Yeah. So um, again, yeah. I hope, I hope. Like, because when uh, when they were doing like inter like director interview things or whatever, and James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez sat down and talked about um, Avatar, um, like the whole time, Jim J- James Cameron like paid nothing but respect to Robert Rodriguez, like as one of his favorite collaborators, and was like, "Listen, we're doing Alita too. When is this happening?" He's like, "Whatever you want. We got to get this out. We got to get this out. We got to do this." And I'm like. The boys also, are back in town. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, I think, wrote the intro or like the forward on the um, the art of Wave Water. He did, book. yeah, he did. I remember that, and that was really cool. Um, getting an insight into that. Uh, trying to think of like other things, like again, like visually, this movie is beautiful. Bill Pope, uh, Bill cinematographer, Pope. outstanding Bill cinematography Pope. from Bill Pope. Outstanding, a- absolutely gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous movie. I'm trying to think of the other scenes, like the, there's, the, 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 yeah. There's, uh, there's one thing I, I, I wanted to mention because, like, I'd seen this movie a couple of times now. This is probably like the fifth or so time that I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I do, I, I, I do get a lot out of this movie, and I feel like the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. Because again, I love Rosa Salazar as Alita and the whole world, like everything we're talking about. But what was cool watching this with you was just like the times that I would see you just like wide-eyed looking yep. at looking at the screen and i'm like especially because you know the whole experience with like 
the grindhouse <laughs> go listen to that episode please um but uh <laughs> but like seeing that i'm like okay i think i won <laughs> this is a this, winner this is this is a good movie I, I would definitely watch this i would watch it in 3d again like there's mm-hmm. a lot of like beautiful like one of my favorite things in 3d is seeing like a a transparent like like a glass surface and you see like the smudges or like whatever crack or whatever and it looks so good in 3d the landscapes in 3d one of my favorite ones is when Alita's going inside the ship and she's like in the water and like the the way the screen looks as she's like in the water like her body uh, she's like torso up in the you know out of the water but like it looks so good mm-hmm like and you could just like a lot of the shots, like like we we're talking about, obviously Bill Pope's cinematography, like the way he does action sequences. I think at this point he's just a master at it. Because like I think about obviously the Matrix movies. I think about Spider Man because he did he did two and three for the Raimi trilogy. Um, even recently he he's worked with the MCU a couple of times now, uh, specifically Shang Chi, and the action scenes in that are outstanding and. I watched the scenes in this movie where, you know, like, the the first time she fights uh, Isa Gonzalez, Derek Mears, and then, like, we meet Jackie Girl Haley's villain character, right? who is just, like, like a big, muscly dork, <laughs> but, but, he's, but he's having fun, so I'm having a good time. Um, or, like, the bar fight scene, which yeah. is a lot of fun, uh, where we see uh, Zapan! <laughs> <laughs> Played by Francis himself from Deadpool. <laughs> Terrible <He's>... name. <laughs> he he's plays the same character that he does in Deadpool, but he's having fun. He, Jeff he's good. Jeff Fahey with his robot dogs. <sighs> Jeff Fahey is so good. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a dog person. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, but this is a fun one. This was a lot of fun. It definitely has that like the the Rodriguez energy, but also there are definitely like James Cameron trappings. I was thinking about like the use of the bl- the blues in this. I was thinking about like the way the city looks. Um, it's like you know, I look at like the fact that Robert Rodriguez intentionally it seems made Iron City kind of like like a Mexico like a town in Mexico, like if it mm-hmm. was in the future, which I liked. Right. Yeah. Um. Um, and then like the the James Cameronisms of like just the like when the the what's what are those things like the the robot like the yes RoboCop looking things yes <laughs> and they come out and they're very James Cameron it's like I'm pretty sure Stephen Lang would have uh, would have had this with him in, in Avatar it's like uh, um, like the uh, the Francis of Deadpool starts speaking you shut your pie hole <laughs> you shut your pie hole <laughs> his whispery voice. Alita's getting a sequel. Outstanding. <laughs> I'll be nice once. And I'll be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is Papa Dragon. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I, I was glad that we finally... Because I was, I was admittedly kind of nervous. Because I know this is one of those movies, too, that it has... Like, you know, like, like you were saying, like, it's, like people sometimes put too much reliance on the narrative and yeah. they're they're always like you know eh, you know i just wasn't feeling it. i'm like i get that i definitely do but again like for for what they're able to achieve you know with the the vibes and the effects and just the great central performance there was 
there was there was not really much of like a like a, an entire nervousness to want to introduce this one but um there was a slight but i was also just really excited to watch it again because i just have a good time with it yeah and it's it's one of those movies that like there's like there's definitely aspects of it that you could probably analyze like that you know maybe they adapted from the manga or something but personally i'm just watching this movie to see alita kick guys asses <laughs> like she's badass at times like she's she's got she's got range she's vulnerable at times but she's badass other times you know she's she i like i love her face when she sees motorball for the first time she goes what's that <laughs> and then uh but christoph waltz is just like rad dad the whole time <laughs> yes like he's so protective He's like, put he this is, helmet on. He's, he's a proud dad of a three hundred of his three hundred year old daughter. <laughs> I love I love the bit when he walks into the bar and he's like, stop it now, or no free, no, or no free fixes or whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or no or no free upgrades. And everyone just stops. That's what I thought. <laughs> um, but I think both of these are both these movies. They're a lot of fun. They're both distinctly, I think, both very distinctly Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, it's well, just it's just crazy to think there's a movie that Robert Rodriguez made with this kind of a budget that has a triple like not triple sorry like um a nine figure budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but at the same time that, that it it what's cool about it is that it didn't take away anything. No, no, it just gave him a little bit more leeway to do more creative things. And to collaborate with someone that he has a lot of respect for. And that's another massive thing that, that you need to understand about the, the process of filmmaking is that it takes a village. Yes. There are many factors. Like, yeah, you have the captain of the ship who's the director, but again, they're problem solvers. Their their whole goal is to look at, look at a scene, um, say, okay, this is how I want it to be. And they're like, okay, well... We can't necessarily do this, but what if we do? But uh, you know, we could maybe do this, and then they go, "What if we do this?" And they're like, "Okay, we can do that." Like, and then you know, it's also the fact that you get a lot of incredible people, like great cinematographers, like Bill Pope. You get wonderful um, uh, CGI uh, visual effects guys, like ILM, who I imagine worked on this one, or Weta. Was it Weta or was it ILM? It wouldn't surprise me if it was Weta, but off the top of my head... I'm looking at the back of it. <laughs> I'm looking at the disc. Um, it doesn't say, but I imagine Weta. Oh, probably. Weta? Weta, Weta. D-N-E-G, and Framestore uh, were the main visual effects um, houses, got, it looks like. And you got your, you got yourself a great team working yep. on that. And you get freaking Junkie XL doing the music because the music's a lot of fun in the movie. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts, but they got a lot of great people moving those parts. And you know, again, the source material they're adapting has a lot to it, but for what they're able to achieve, it's fantastic. And even even with something like Spy Kids, three three D, um, with the low budget that they had, you know, there's you still got. So many people, all the actors. I mean, Robert Rodriguez wearing as many hats as he has, plus working with other other people involved. They're like they're they're putting together something that's just fun. Like, yes. Like again, same like both these movies. You just you, you might not care exactly what's going on, but you love the characters and you're having a good time. And 
you know the 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 action scenes like you got the motorball scene in alita or the the race scene in spy kids you're just having a great time absolutely and there's that's there's nothing wrong with that kind of cinema in fact that's 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 the kind of cinema it's worth learning about so so robert rodriguez is is just amazing and so is everybody else involved in these movies folks uh What's your favorite Robert, Robert Rodriguez film? What's your favorite manga adaptation? Uh, what's your favorite Spy Kids movie? What's your favorite 3D movie? What would you would you like to see in Alita 2 if you liked the first one? You know, um, let us know in the comments. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone. Oops! Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.